Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Obadiah Smith. Yes, I'm glad to be here, Jim. So glad to see you, Obadiah. Now, you know what? You're a guy with a gift of song. I know that because I've traveled <laughs> with you in life-threatening situations, and you yes. can't help yourself. There's a song that just comes up out of you. Yes, it is, Jim. Do you remember going with me to the Amazon once? I do. And being in a canoe out in the middle of the water during a thunderstorm, we thought we were going to die? Yes, and drown. And do you remember what you started to sing? Jim, you have to remind me. I could, I'll never forget it. An old hymn my grandmother used to sing. Okay. I was sinking deep in sin, far, far from, from the, the peaceful, peaceful shores. <laughs> I said, Obadiah, we're going to drown here. Can you think of something else? <laughs> Very deeply stained within. Sinking to rise no more. Yes. But the master of the sea, sea yes. heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. It's a great lyric. Yes, it is. And Jim. even as it just falls off our lips right now. Yes. It tells us something. You know, music is so powerful. It's, it's a story, Jim. When you think about the story and the songs that have formed us, all of us have some music in our history, and all of us have had songs that stick with us. When you think about that, have you ever thought about the Bible as a songbook? Yes, at times, Jim, because you come and reminisce in it and look at it to soothe your soul. It has the same power, and actually, there's a big section of the Bible that was written as a songbook. Yes. It's called the Psalms. And the Psalms are the songbook of God's people in ancient time. And this week on Viewpoint, we want to launch a new series where we look for some real soul music. Music that stirs the soul, that transcends time and place, universal ideas that speak to all of us. When we come back, we're going to open up that songbook. We're going to look at the Psalms, and we're going to see how we can learn to sing again. Now, Obadiah, you of many songs, you know, I don't really sing well. You do. If you could just pull a song out of the air that speaks to you that, you know what, when I hear that song, I am moved into a better place. Can you think of one? Yes, Andre Crouch, My Tribute. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. I mean, it's a powerful, yes, it powerful is. lyric and tune. In fact, that song's so old it was at my wedding, and that was a long <laughs> time ago. But I, do, I get that, because that song speaks right into your life journey, and it talks about the greatness of God. It talks about our own weakness and how God overcomes. I mean, it's yes. a great piece. You know, as I think about my wedding, when I was dating my wife, and that's been a long time ago, we've been married 37 years, we weren't even engaged yet, but I got really sick, and I had a little house on a corner in Seattle, and I was sick, closeted in there with a fever, and she yes. knocked on my door one day and brought me some homemade soup and okay. bread, you know, and she brought me an album, Billy Joel. Oh, Billy Joel. <laughs> it was called The Stranger, that's the name of the album, but the, the title cut, I mean, not the title cut, but the main pop tune was Just the Way You Are. And you know what? That became our song. And still today, all these years later, when I hear Just the Way You Are, you know, don't go changing, uh, <laughs> it moves me because yes, music has a way of sticking with us. And maybe that's why God gave us the Psalms. Because when life ebbs and flows, when you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, no matter what your journey or experience, music has a way of holding you yes. and speaking to you when nothing else can get there. And that's what the Psalms are. The Psalms are a collection of songs. We have lost the melodies. We don't know what the sheet music was that accompanied these lyrics, but these lyrics still have power and punch. Obadiah today. Let's dive into that songbook. Looking forward to it, Jim. And pull one out that talks about how life is full of trouble, but you know what? It's a good thing sometimes. 
when you have trouble because it can actually put you in a better place. Now, that sounds like a, a country western tune, but this is the book of Psalms. And in that, the 119th Psalm, there is a passage that talks about trouble and how it makes you better and how the singer, the guy who's writing the lyrics, says, I'm glad I had that trouble because I'm better for it. I'm going to just pull a few verses out of Psalm 119. I'll start reading Obadiah, then you finish up. Here we go. This is Psalm 119, beginning with verse 65. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people, well, they will smear me with lies, but in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. Now, hear this. My suffering, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. And starting at verse 73, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commandments. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. You disciplined me because I needed it. Ouch. <laughs> but you know what? In the end, yes. it turned for the good. Yes. Obadiah, this Psalm number 119, especially as it gets to verse 71, reminds us that when we suffer trouble, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can be turned for the good. And one thing that strikes me about this Psalm is that this was a man who was reflecting back over his life. And as I share that idea, I want you to know that that idea is not actually my own. It comes from a guy named Clovis Chapel. Now, Clovis Chapel is a preacher long gone. He lived in the United States, born in Tennessee in 1882. He was preaching until the late 1940s. He wrote 35 books, was a terrific communicator, and he just had a way of bringing the Psalms to life. I stumbled onto one of his books, published in 1931. That's a long time ago. Yes. And as I was reading that, I just was so taken by his understanding of this soul music. He's the one who gave me the idea, and many of the ideas we'll talk about today in looking at this Psalm. But he suggested that the psalmist was looking back, and you can see that in the tenor. He's reflecting on his life. You know, I've learned, Lord, that your, your word is good. I know that if I pay attention to what you suggest that I do, things will come out better. I even look back on my life and realize that when things were tough, I'm glad for those tough days. I'm glad for that suffering as I look back on it because it taught me how to better align my life with your will. Now, yes. That's a powerful truth. Yes, it is, Jim. It's, it's almost as if there's always a lesson to be learned when you walk with the Lord. Absolutely. And one thing you can learn right away from this soul music right here is that if you have trouble, it doesn't have to all be bad. Yes. I mean, sometimes we go into the valley, we get some sad tunes going, <laughs> and we think there is no way out. Yes. I'm in the blues till I die. <laughs> get me out of the blues. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, the psalmist says, I've sung some blues, Yes. but now I'm singing on high. I know that the deep, dark time has made me better. And just that truth is worth this whole song. 
Clovis Chapel understood what you and I both know, what everyone listening knows. Life is filled with trouble. It just is, isn't it? Yes, it is, Jim. I mean, I've had some really smooth, easy times. When I, reflecting back to Billy Joel and my wife bringing me some soup, I was sick, but you know what? That turned for the good. Yes. And you know what? Those days after I proposed to her and we were walking towards our wedding, we got married, and I just want to tell you, we had a honeymoon fabulous. I went to New York City with my wife for our honeymoon, and I, I mean, those are smooth, good times. Yes. But there have been some really rough times, too. When my wife carried a child for six months in her womb and the baby died in the womb and she had to have it extricated from her body dead. You know what? Yes. It takes my breath away to even remember it. But life is like that, isn't it? It brings calamity upon us and trouble that sometimes we don't have the answer to. And just the acknowledgement that life isn't easy. It's not always sunshine. There's often shadows. Yes. It's an important part of coming to terms with life. But when you see the shadows, you have to know, sunshine still can come. Yes, it can, and, Jim. And, and even the shadow can help you appreciate the daylight yes. more than you did before. When it gets to trouble, what do we do? There, there's really three ways, Obadiah, I think, that when we face trouble, that our psalmist, our soul musician, reminds us. Yes. There are several ways you can deal with trouble. Give me the first way. And the attitude of surrender. I'm going to surrender to the trouble. Yes, Ever heard of that book, Great Expectations? That was a book, Jim, I did not like in eighth grade. It was too long. <laughs> I'm with you. I read that book in the eighth grade, too. That must have been a universal. Yes, I it could was. see myself reading it. And I had to read it all in a couple of days because I waited to the last oh, minute. No. Charles Dickens' <laughs> yes. classic. But in that book, and Clovis Chapel reminds us of this as he looks at the psalm, in that book, there's a character named Miss Haversham, and she's planning to get married, and everything's yes. set. She's got the wedding cake. She's in her wedding dress. The house is ready, but the groom never shows up. Her heart was broken. The groom is a schmo and stands her up. But in the story, she just freezes. All the clocks are stopped at the wedding time that never takes place. The, the cake grows moldy on the table. She wears the old dress till it just wears out because she can't move past. She's surrendered to the loss, to the grief, to the disappointment, to the despair. I'll never be married. My groom didn't show up for me. I'm going to live like this now and punish myself and everyone who knows me. Yes, her clock stopped. That's right. And that's actually an attitude towards trouble. Because when you face trouble, you can simply just stop and surrender to it and say, all right, I surrender to the trouble, it wins. I have no future. I can't move forward. I'll be forever scarred in a debilitating way. But that doesn't help. It doesn't take you anywhere. There's another way you can respond, and that is to become bitter and cynical. Yes. I mean, if you get trouble, you don't just stand still. Now you have forward motion in your life. You have energy to be bitter, just to be sour. Sometimes you could be vengeful. Yes, angry. I'm unhappy with what you've done. Yes. I'm unhappy with how life has unfolded for me. So I'm going to actually have energy now, and I'm just going to be negative. I will bring negative energy into every situation. I'm going to be unhappy, and I'm going to make sure you are too. Now, most people don't think that their life is playing out that way, but if you have bitterness in your heart, yes. if you become cynical and look at everything with a jaded eye because you've been wounded once, because you had trouble once, then every room you walk into has the life of that room sucked out by your negative bitterness. And sad to say, many of us have lived for a season at least in that kind of wounded, bitter frame where we just have energy we have forward motion, but we're not making the world better. We're making it less. And we're not feeling better, and we're not helping anyone else feel better. Oh, but wait a minute. 
there's another attitude. That's the one that our psalmist has. And that's where he says, you know what? This can be turned for the good. If I refuse to surrender to this trouble, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to come out of it in a better place than I was before. Oh, it was a good thing for me to be in trouble because it taught me. Yes. It strengthened me. It made me better. That's an attitude. Yes, it is, Jim. And that's an attitude of choice. You see the three attitudes that we've just laid out? All of those are choices. They're elections of our own will. We all have trouble. Everyone does. But what separates us is how we react to the trouble. What choice do we make? Will I just stand still and surrender to it? Will I go forward with bitterness and cynicism? Or will I stop and say, wait a minute, maybe there's something here that could be turned for the good. Everybody has trouble. And we're thinking about some soul music in the Psalms. Psalm 119 in the Bible, which is some of the most ancient and still moving lyric in the world. And in Psalm 119, the psalmist reminds us that he was glad that he had trouble. And most of us don't say that. I wish I hadn't had that trouble. But he went through troubled times and saw that it strengthened him, it polished him, it empowered him, and it caused him to appreciate the good all the more. And as we've been wrestling with this, we're also looking with the wisdom of a man named Clovis Chapel, a great pastor, a Methodist preacher of days gone by, who uh, gave some great insight into this psalm. And one thing that Chapel suggested was, if you have trouble, and he's looking at this psalm, why not be like the psalmist and say, wait a minute, I'm going to turn this for the good. I'm going to turn this around. I'm not going to be overcome by it. I'm not going to surrender to it. And I'm not going to allow this trouble to turn me into a bitter and cynical old soul. No, I'm going to find some way to be better as a consequence. If we're going to do that, and all of us have trouble, if we're going to make ourselves better and seize the trouble and allow it to be turned for the good, what do we have to do? Oh, but I can you think of one thing that we might do, for instance? Well, I think that he even gave, alluded to that we have to believe in the possibilities of it. <laughs> you have to make a decision. Yes. I believe it's possible that this could be good for me. <laughs> I mean, that's a choice, isn't it? Yes, it is, Jim. I am not going to stay here. I recently received some hard news uh, at my own house. I, uh, I just got some news that really took my breath away, and I was so discouraged by it that I honestly wanted to stay in my house like Miss Haversham and say, I'm not going out. I just, you know, I was overcome by the emotion of it and I, the loss of it, and, and I just wanted to close the door and, and hide and, and just not face anything anymore until I made that decision. Wait a minute. Somehow, some way. God can turn this for the good. There's a scripture like that. We know that everything works together for good for those who are called to God's purpose. He can do it. You know what? I'm going to try and approach this trouble by believing that some good can come out of it. I don't know what it is exactly yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm going to go forward believing in the possibility, just as you said, Obadiah, that some good thing could come. Well, what's another step I could take? If, if I just embrace the possibility of some good coming out of it, what's next? Well, there's a scripture verse that comes to mind, that God's grace is sufficient for me, for it has made me strong and perfect in my weakness. And there's a powerful incentive from the word that in my weakness, I can be strong. Yes. And it also suggests, perhaps, that if I choose to believe that the trouble isn't necessarily from God but that 
God can turn it for the good. He can strengthen me through it, but he didn't necessarily cause it. You know, we blame God for so much. We have all kinds of disasters in our lives, some we call natural disasters, and we call those acts of God as if he designed the hurricane or the earthquake, when actually those natural phenomenon may be consequent to the brokenness of our creation that's been corrupted by sin. We have people who do us wrong and we blame God for it when actually those people simply were not doing the right thing. I mean, if we make the decision to understand God can strengthen us as we recognize he is not behind every problem, but he is ahead of every problem with a way forward. And sometimes, though, we have to acknowledge, maybe I'm being disciplined. This is where the psalmist is. My trouble was like a discipline. I found myself in trouble because I was being disciplined by you, Lord. And in those cases, our trouble may be from God to help us stand up straight. Even as a parent disciplines a child, ouch, but there's something better out of it. But when I look for God in it, when I believe in the possibility some good thing can happen, and then I look for God, where is God working in my trouble? I'm taking some steps forward to become like this psalmist and really sing some good soul music. Well, at the last, what do you think? I got to remain true to God in all my actions, my belief, and all my ways, Jim. Because if God is in it, God is with me. And he'll make me come out of it whole. Yes. I'll be better. He'll honor me. He'll stand by me. And I'll look back on it just like the psalmist did and say, you know, that was good. I wish I could have maybe skipped that classroom or I might not have chosen to go to it. But you know what? Looking back on it, I realize now I could never have become the person I am if I hadn't experienced that. It stretched my heart. It made me more compassionate. I began to be more thoughtful. I was more humble. I listened better. I celebrated the small things in ways that I just used to pass by. The beauty of a dawn of a new day is meaningful and treasured by me when I used to ignore it in my busyness. I mean, there are a hundred ways in which trouble can improve us. And that's the psalmist saying, when surrendered to God, if I'm true to him, then he will make it right. Whoa. That's soul music, Obadiah. Yes, it is, Jim. That's music that stirs the soul. That's truth for everyone in all places and all times. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how tall you are, how short you are. I don't care what language you speak or what is the culture of your birth. I don't care what is the color of your skin. I don't care what your gender might be. You know what? This is soul music for everyone. Wherever you are in life today, whatever your challenges, whatever your trouble, I hope that you can hear the song of the psalmist. I hope that you can take some wisdom from what we have shared today. That's not our own wisdom. It's the Spirit's wisdom. It's the wisdom of a guy like Clovis Chapel. It's the wisdom of the psalmist millennia ago to be able to say, you know what? It was good. It was good that I had that trouble because it helped me understand life better. It helped me understand you, God, better. It made me better. You can take a step that way with us right now in surrendering your trouble and your life to God. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the gift of song. Songs that speak to the moment, no matter what our mood. And for anyone today whose mood may be a little bit weak, who may be feeling trouble, who may feel overwhelmed, who isn't sure how to proceed or take a next step, for anyone listening to us today, Lord, I pray that you will give them a song in their heart, a song like this of the Psalmist 119. A song that looks backward and says, yes, I can get through this trouble, and yes, it was good, and I'm better for it. 
We surrender our lives, Lord, into your hands. We surrender our troubles into your hands. We surrender our past and our future into your hands. And as we do, Lord, we admit that we are not able to manage it alone well. And we admit, Lord, that we have all sinned. We've all made error. We've all fallen short of what you had for us. But Lord, as we humble ourselves before you, we ask that you'll lift us up. And in our troubles even, help us to become more like you. Oh God, thank you for hearing our prayer. And we pray that there will be many listening today who find life in this prayer and in the Psalms. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about the Psalms, about Jesus, who is the subject so often of those great lyrics, if you'd like to know more about how you can get through trouble or anything else, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we are by the phone, anxious to hear from you. But Obadiah, if someone did not want to dial up, but they wanted to go online, where would they find us? CBHviewpoint.org. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, CBHviewpoint.org. Go online, check out the ministry, send us an email, we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter by post. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, Go online and reach out or send me a letter. We hope to hear from you. Obadiah, keep on singing. Thank you. I will. Thanks for being with us, and we thank you for joining us today also at Viewpoint. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we open up one more song in that tune book of the ages, the Psalms. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.